again, everyone, and welcome inside the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. I'm Jerry Coleman. He, of course, is the former MLB five-time All-Star Adam Jones. I'm here in Sarasota after Adam coincidentally left the same day that I arrived. I'm sure it was an amazing coincidence. Uh, how was your return to, uh, to Europe, and are you coming back to Florida soon? It was fantastic. I got a nice uh, lay flat. I took a really, really good nap. Had a good dinner on the flight and uh, woke up and came to see my kids who scared the hell out of me as I was looking for them when I came into the house right before they went to school. So it was uh, it was eventful. It was good. It was uh, well rested and uh, I'm good now. And hey, I'll be back. I'll be back at some point in time in 2023. I'm just not going to tell you when. She I know knows you. They were all excited to see you down here in Sarasota. That's all I heard about. I do want to talk with you at some point about the pitch clock because I'm starting to like it. And we'll get into that uh, more next week, along with the Lamar Jackson situation once that is yeah. resolved, folks. But today, in episode 21, we're going to be joined by Baltimore's own Academy Award-winning director, Barry Levinson. He's got a new project out featuring a guy named De Niro. Also, we're going to discuss spring training and the length of spring training. Has it gotten too long? Adam will weigh in on that. We'll talk about the money that he was able to raise for a very important charity throughout Major League Baseball. And then we'll end things up with Socially Speaking, a chance to win a $100 gift card from Miss Shirley's. That's all ahead here on the podcast. But first, let's bring in the Academy Award-winning director. He is Baltimore's own Barry Levinson. Barry, thanks for joining us here on the Adam Jones podcast. Before we talk some sports with AJ and I, I know you've been immersed in your latest project with Robert yeah. De Niro, one of my favorite actors, if not my favorite actor of all time. But there has been some impact from Mother Nature. Tell us where you are with this movie and what the title is going to be, your next project. Uh, well, we just finished. So I'm now back in Los Angeles uh, this past week. Uh, we filmed uh, in Cincinnati, and it's called uh, The Alto Nights. It, it's a it's a period dealing dealing with the uh, the mafia and the uh, late and the I'd say throughout the fifties primarily, and uh, two best friends that were mafia figures, uh, both of them ran the mafia, Vito Genovese and Frank Costello, who were best friends that become sort of uh, mortal enemies in a sense, and uh, De Niro plays both of those characters. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. How challenging was that? Wow. You know, it's amazing. He's such an astounding actor that, uh, you know, one day he would play one guy and, you know, the makeup that went with it. And uh, then he was the other guy on the next day. And it was literally like two different people. It was like I was working with two actors. All right. Real quickly, wow. I wanted to ask, Adam, when we can see the movie, uh, it's coming out via Warner Brothers in the theaters, right? Yeah. In the fall. OK. OK. Perfect. Yeah. We'll be there. Believe All that. right. Um, I want to know, what is it about Baltimore, the image, your Baltimore, Liberty Heights, and the two-part question, the current climate of Baltimore? Obviously, you grew up in a, a, a lot of different climate of Baltimore. Yeah. My father-in-law grew up in a similar climate of what you grew up in. Um, so the two-part question, your Baltimore image to the current yeah. Baltimore image. Well, I mean, it was a... a it certainly was a, um, you might say, a more innocent time, um, you know, uh, where it seemed as if as a kid, you know, it was like uh, I would tell stories uh, to my wife and she says, oh, my God, your mother let you do that. 
when I was five years old, my mother used to put me on the streetcar, told the, the streetcar conductor to take me to, you know, let me, I get off at so-and-so street. I think it was Eastern Avenue and Wolf Street. If you had to pick out of all the great baseball movies, and obviously you wrote, you, you directed one of the greatest ones, Natural, which one do you think out of the modern ones encapsulates the essence of the game and the state of the current game of baseball? Well, I mean, it's a good question, Adam, because, I mean, there, there are different styles of, uh, of baseball films. I mean, so if you go, you know, Field of Dreams was a, you know, a, a, a totally different, you know, piece of work. So there, there are different types of which, and I happen to like, you know, both that I've mentioned. And, uh, and of course, there's the, the comedic versions of, uh, of, of baseball movies that have been made. Uh, I'll tell you one quick thing. When I did Diner, I'm Diner, I'm sorry. When I did The Natural, uh, before it came out, there was all this criticism that it was foolish to make a baseball film because there hadn't been a baseball film that was successful in over 25 years. And so I, I, I was getting criticized before we ever came out. And then after that, there was been a, quite a few baseball movies and they, they do well because look, baseball's an amazing sport, fantastic, great characters. And, uh, an exciting area to, uh, to, to deal with in terms of film. Now, regarding The Natural, it came out back in 1994 in the book. The ending is much different from the film. Uh, why did you change it? Was it too much of a bummer? Uh, no, to be honest with you, it, it, it felt a little um, uh, incomplete in a certain way uh, I'll, I'll, in this regard, because it it, it ended with like a line where the kid was saying to Roy Hobbs, you know, say it ain't so, Joe, say it ain't so. That was sort of the original ending when he, he supposedly struck out, et cetera. The, the one thing that, and I wish I would have met him, uh, that Malamud saw the film with his, uh, his daughter, I believe. And uh, when he walked out of the theater and, uh, you know, he was an uh, Eastern European uh, of his origin and uh, he came out and the, the daughter said so what do you think dad and he said uh, finally I'm now an American writer and he was <laughs> so here's this Eastern European you know gentleman writer terrific uh, talented man and so it was great to hear that he really enjoyed it even though we make changes in the course of the film quite a few actually but uh, uh, I was nice that he really still enjoyed it. Out of all the films and, and people, great people you've been around, from De Niro, obviously, to Dustin Hoffman, Samuel Jackson, have, have there been, like, just some massive sports fans like yourself to where, like, they will make sure that they have their sports teams on or they have the logo in their trailer or something to where they have to make sure that their team is represented? Because films take a substantial amount of time. So yeah, yeah, people won't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, there are a few, and I wish I could tell you who, because I'm, I, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but he was always going into, uh, you know, into his trailer, uh, you know, to hear, uh, you know, his, his team. And I can't remember, for the life of me, it just went blank on who that was. But he was a real baseball fanatic. But one of the things about baseball is that there's so many stories to talk about, you know, because I mean? it, it, it's a day-to-day -day type of game as opposed to once a week with football, you know. So you're really, when that season begins, you're really kind of connected. It has its day-to-day -day storytelling about how it's going 
and uh, the players and all of that on a day-to-day thing. And so that's, it's a little bit more intimate, I think, in terms of the season uh, versus, uh, you know, football, as I say, you know, once a, once a week type of playing. Quick question too is, are you up for uh, directing another baseball movie? Because I got an interesting story. I can we can redo Mr. Baseball. <laughs> I played I played in Japan for two years. It could be a whole. It could be the black version of Mr. Baseball. <laughs> You'd have a good inside look at it. That's for certain. Oh, I'd be just same as Tom Selleck. Went from a solid major league career going over to Japan. Like what the hell? And and adapting and enjoying it. <laughs> Fair let me idea. ask you. Let me ask you a question, Adam. I, I don't right. mean to get off topic, or etc. Uh, I can't figure out, and maybe it was never mentioned, but the amount of kind of like strains and injuries that take place now in sports in general, baseball and football, that uh, didn't seem to exist then. Is there something different in the training, or is it uh, what what is made for these kinds of injuries that I haven't heard about? Like when I was a kid growing up, or you know, tearing, you know, injuring Achilles tendon and all of these kind of muscular issues. Oblique, uh, oblique. Oblique's a yep. big one. Um, if I was to take a, a, my best shot at it would be the fact that a lot of these athletes now are just one sport athletes to where basketball, football, and baseball completely have all different motions. And growing up, I had all different motions. I was fortunate I wasn't hurt, uh, knock on wood. But uh, it just, I think now you have kids who are, are just one tracked to specific sport. And the second that their body does something that's, that's another motion that that, that's not part of that sport, it scares the hell out of them and they end up hurting themselves. So I think that that's why kids need basketball. They need football. They need, or sometimes I say go flag football. If you don't want to hurt your kids, Uh, do baseball, do ballet, do soccer, do golf. You need all these different things because these sports require it. You don't think that these sports require ballet and footwork, but they do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's rather interesting. Yeah. If I had to take a shot at it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I see, you know, nowadays in terms of protecting the pitcher, you know, when I have more than, you know, X number of pitches, et cetera, which didn't exist right. in the past. And it, no. it seemed to me those old old time pitchers had less injuries than nowadays, which doesn't it, seem to make sense to me. Is a different work ethic. I would say I'm not saying that the guys don't work as hard now, but everything is specific. You know, yeah. it, it's just specific. There's no going out and chopping trees down like the the, the original the original guys of the of the 40s, 50s, 60s that you hear of. Literally, were raising cattle in the off season. Now these, you know, we vacation in the off season, hang out. I'm a part of that era too. We, <laughs> we, we do a little bit different things in the off season. We don't work as much. <laughs> We'll be back with more with Barry Levinson, but first a word from our dedicated sponsors, including Miss Shirley's, the legendary Miss Shirley's. Give a gift they'll savor, award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch also for birthdays, anniversaries, thank yous, and holidays. A Miss Shirley's gift card says it all. Voted best brunch in Baltimore Magazine's best restaurant readers poll, as well as the best pancakes in the country by thefoodnetwork.com. Visit Miss Shirley's three locations around town, Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and of course, Annapolis. Head to MissShirley's.com forward slash gifts and get your gift card. Also brought to you by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. It's BMW of Towson, easily located just off York Road and exit 26A off I-695. Very customer friendly. 
It's always be more around town. I miss Brian here in Sarasota. That was probably by design from his part, but they have their Opening day, Orange Tailgate coming up, Adam, Thursday, April 6th. Last year, over 2,000 attended this all-inclusive event. Head to BeMoreRoundTown.com. It's going to sell out just like it did last year. There will be a full open bar for this event. That's where you'll find me at this Orange Tailgate from Be More Around Town. Also, the good folks at the Wyman Group. Thank you, Dennis, for your support. Also, thanks to Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can, Jack and Coke. The number one cocktail in the world is now available again in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Jack and Coke ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis. Visit gleaf.com. Free delivery, medical cannabis for qualified Maryland patients only. And the Baltimore Banner, still offering six months of unlimited digital access for just a buck. Head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. All right, let's get back to our interview with Academy Award winning director Barry Levinson. Adam, I know you have a question. Um, are there any guys that you want going forward? Obviously, I'm sure you have a lot of projects in the works and just your mind just shows racing all the time with ideas. Are there any guys that you, actors, actresses that you want to work with that you haven't worked with? Any athletes that you haven't worked with that you want to work with? Uh, gee, that's that that's a big question in terms of uh, th- there'd be quite a few people that I still wish that I have an opportunity to work with, you know, over the years. Um, and uh, especially, you know, there's some of the. These young actors coming up, and I mean, you know, between the actors and I mean the actresses as well, uh, that um, I'd be interested in. You know, there's a, there's a, I think we're beginning to see a whole new generation bubbling up that has great talent. Uh, so I, I would be curious to work with some. Uh, you know, I've been lucky over the years to, to have worked with a lot of, uh, you might say, the heavyweights. Of which, to be honest with you, I never ran into, and I've read stories, you know, where all these problems, but I never really had an, an issue with an actor um, throughout the years. And uh, uh, fortunate that way. Otherwise, because, I mean, there are these things where you have a, you have a problem with an actor that doesn't want to do this or not sure about that or, uh, you know, and a lot of, you know, trepidation and not wanting to do it and wanting to rewrite and, all, all kinds of drama that you can possibly imagine. And, uh, but I, I've been lucky in that regard. The, the closest I ever came to a problem and uh, was with, um, uh, on The Natural, actually, which was with Darren McGavin and uh, uh, the, um, we were getting ready to shoot and he was gonna be, he was, it was his first scene that was in the stadium. There are a couple, you know, about four or 5,000 extras out there. And um, I go into his you know, dressing room to say hello, because I hadn't seen him since he, he got to town and was in makeup. And uh, he had this toupee on. And, uh, and I said, what, what, what is that, you know, Darren? And he said, well, you know, the, you know my toupee. I said, but when I met you, you didn't have the a toupee. And I thought, gee, it was such a great look. You look so terrific. And he said, yeah, but... I, I always wear, uh, you know, this toupee and um, <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, but I didn't I don't picture you the character this way. You know, it's a it's a you know, he looks too different from what I have in mind for the for the character. 
And he said, well, but I have to work with, uh, you know, the toupee. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do here? There's like the, the stadium, everybody's there, the extras, all this, and we're ready to go. This is only my second film. And I'm going, what am I going to go do? And I said, listen, I, I don't quite see this character with this toupee. And I said, so you have to make up your mind what you want to do. Uh, and I walked out of his trailer and I go back to, and there's, everybody is ready to go. We're waiting for, you know, you know, Darren to show up and the AD comes over to me and whispers, what's going on? And I'm saying, I don't know. I got to see what's going to happen. And it's like, you're waiting for the, the clock is ticking, et cetera. And then he walked out and he didn't have the toupee on. And we got to be quite, you know, quite friendly. And he was a terrific, terrific person uh, in general. But that was that long, probably 20 minutes of what's going to happen. And do I have to shut this down and find another actor? And what am I going to do? And, and that kind of tension in, in a, an afternoon in a stadium. And fortunately, it all worked out. And we had a great relationship from that point on. You could finally exhale after that, for sure. Now, we did have one person who has a very strong desire to work with you. He was on the podcast previously. Let's play it for you. It is Baltimore's own Josh Charles with this message and this conversation. That like this was, you know, there's a few people I want to work with in Baltimore. You know, Simon was one, Barry Levinson's the other, and John Waters. Well, I've done John Waters, now I've done Simon. So if I can do Levinson film in Baltimore. We're going to put in a call to Barry. He's going to be on the podcast in coming weeks. Wait, wait. So when he's in the podcast, tell him that I said exactly this. I work for Simon now, work for John Waters. It's really just about him. And then my Baltimore trifecta is done. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's He really is a good guy. We had a train ride, I think, back to New York from the stadium. And I think it was a Raven game. And so we talked and, you know, he's a big, you know, Baltimore fan, obviously. So oh, yeah. he's a terrific guy, but I, I, I'd love to work with him at some point. I remember calling him and I can't remember the movie it was. And uh, he was, he was, uh, I didn't talk to him personally. The uh, casting person did. And uh, he was, he was doing something at that time. I can't remember what. So we, we had one moment where we might've connected, but perhaps somewhere down the line here. Yeah, he needs to check you off the list. Uh, so we have two people looking at <laughs> movies right now. One my co-host, the other's Josh Charles. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, let's do this, take it back to the sports. Obviously, you got one of my favorite, uh, the mascots, the Orioles. So when they went to the bird, it was, I mean, to the sh the smiley bird, it was great because it was honoring the 83 team and the er earlier teams. When I first got over there, they had that bird, and I thought that was the best hat, all black. I'm glad you still got that. I know it's vintage. Um, how yeah, about them lean birds? Forward, lean forward how about, a little bit. Yeah, so how, how about them birds? You know, they, they've obviously we've made some strides. It's 40 years since they won the championship in 83. Um, but how about yeah. the birds? Well, you know, I mean, this is a time to get excited. I mean, last year it surprised everybody, you know, that they were that they were interesting uh, team and a lot of great young players uh, potentially, you know, on the field. And uh I'm excited about this year, this year and saying, you know, they could really be competitive if a couple of these uh, young guys that everybody is talking about ultimately connect. This could, this could be a real solid team. So I'm excited about them. It's been a long, long time where we haven't been in the uh, in the mix, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, it has been four. We're coming up 40 years now on the last world championship back in 1983. Uh, I don't we know. We went to you... ALCS, though. We went to ALCS. We got our asses handed to us. But <laughs> we went, we, we, hey, we went there, man. Got to, okay. Yeah. You that know what I remember? Point. You know, it's a crazy story. And it, 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 I was in, I was in a hospital one time at Union Memorial Hospital, which was uh, down the street from Memorial Stadium. And, uh, and I was in the hospital, and it was like summertime, or spring at least, and the windows were open in those days in, in hospitals, and you could, you could hear, what, so if a home run was hit, you know, and it, it, you could tell it was an Oriole because there was such a roar would go up, you know, that you knew that that had to be some big moment. And I used to, like, love to try to guess what happened, and I, you know, try to get the radio to the right station to find out what happened, but... There was just up the street. You just hear the roar periodically. And I just always st stuck in my head for uh, no good reason, actually. As, as somebody, I mean, been around, um, going to Memorial Park, I'm assuming. Memorial uh, Stadium, yeah. Memorial, Memorial Stadium. Stadium, sorry. Memorial Stadium. And then, obviously, um, Camden Yards. Yeah. Two, two stadiums that have not been bought out yet. Right. Um, oh, the corporate name. The, the corporate naming. They're, they, they're two of the last. I mean, there's uh, there's a few left, but they're one of the last ones standing with the without the corporate names. How do you feel about that? Obviously, it's an iconic name, Yankee Stadium, Fenway. There's some ones that are just have not taken that corporate right. money. But uh, again, you know, to me, to be like honest with you, Adam, I, I don't down. like the idea of these stadiums are named after, uh, you know, savings and loans and other things like it. I, I don't I just don't like that idea. You know what I mean? And uh, in, uh, the one that got me the most, I have to tell you, and I, I'd like to know the story is because uh, I was in Cincinnati filming and uh, the stadium, the football stadium. It's got some name that I can't remember. It used to be Paul Brown Stadium, mm -hmm. you know, because he brought the team to Cincinnati. It was called the Brown, you know, Paul Brown Stadium. Now it's some corporate entity, and I'm energy, going, yeah, energy, energy or something, company. yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, and you go, my God, and then somebody said, well, but it was, uh, it was the son that sold the name. It was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sold his dad out. <laughs> I mean, he sold his father's name. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. What What has been the most unbelievable uh, thing you've witnessed in the history of baseball and all your time around watching games? And, again, you grew up an Orioles fan. I know in previous conversations you would go to the visiting team hotels and get autographs, unless yeah. it was the Yankees. But what's been the most incredible thing you've witnessed? Uh, well, well, two things. Can I just say when you were mentioning the Yankees? Because uh, – my cousin was a big Yankee fan, and I was a I was an Oriole fan. He liked the Orioles, but if the Yankees were around, it was the Yankees. And we used to go downtown back in the 50s, and we would hear that the team was coming in, and we knew what hotel they would be at. And so we'd always get, you know, the bus would, you know, as they come off, we would get the, you know, the signatures, autographs. And I would go with them to the, when the Yankees would get off the bus, and I never could allow myself to have Yankees uh, autographs in my book. 
And, and here's the people getting off the bus. So you have Yogi Bear getting off the bus, Mickey Mail getting off the thing, you know, Scouring getting off the thing, Whitey Ford is getting off. All of these, these <laughs> kind of legendary actors. I couldn't oh, wow. bring myself to have the Yankees sign my autograph book. It was too much for me. <laughs> That's unbelievable that you bypassed all that. Now, as far as the Orioles, uh, the last time I looked, you were a minority owner of the team. Is that still the case? Yes. I don't know how involved yeah. you are in decision-making, but I mean, yeah. you and I talk about the team on a regular basis, but you seem inquisitive, so I don't know how many meetings you're involved in. I'm not involved. I haven't heard from uh, from them, uh, certainly since, uh, you know, uh, Peter Angelos uh, you know, whatever the, the, the medical issues that take place. I don't know much of the details, but I used to talk to him on a regular basis. But uh, since that, I haven't really had real contact with any of the, uh, you know, Angela's family, people who were involved with the team. Interesting. Um, since you're living out in L.A., trust me, I, I, I've, I, I had some of those issues with talking people too. Uh, <laughs> but since you live out in uh, L.A., do you, are you, obviously adopted have you adopted the Dodgers or Angels do you get to watch Otani Betts uh Trout is in, in your current favorite players in the in the game right now uh to be honest with you no uh I can't I I watch some of the games you know uh right. you know from time to time but I don't have a real kind of uh, an emotional connection to it so uh now I watch when the season begins, I can watch almost all of the Oriole games if, if I'm around. And, and I, I do follow them, you know, uh, closely, as well as the same thing with uh, the Ravens. So I, at the end of the day, those are, two, my, those are my teams. And no other team. Uh, I watch, you know, various games because, you know, I love the, both sports. But I, right. when it comes to the, being a fan, it's, it's Ravens or Orioles, period. All right, I did want to ask you real quickly about the Ravens, a lot of drama surrounding Lamar Jackson. Uh, how much, as a guy who deals with agents, who has an agent, how much do you think an agent would have helped his cause here along the way? Look, I don't know all the details, but I can't imagine that uh, his mother could handle these kinds of negotiations. It's not like in the old days when you say, all right, you're getting X number of dollars and that's it. There are so many elements that are part of a contract now and all types of uh, legal things that you can do and deferring money, etc. I mean, it's very, very complicated. So I can't imagine that his mother could can be that astute in terms of uh, contractual uh, uh, decisions to be made. I just can't imagine it. I mean, I don't know the woman, so maybe she knows you know, much more than, than uh, I am saying. But it's so complicated nowadays, and I'm, I'm sure, Adam, you would understand to a degree, 100%. because there's so many things that, that, that can go on now than how you, would, how you handle the money and the deferments and all of those possibilities. So uh, I, I, I'm mystified that it's, it's been hung up this long and not some type of resolution that uh, has been um, you know, worked out at this point. It, it, I'm surprised. I I remember when uh, when I, my first couple of years in the major leagues, my salary wasn't the millions of dollars, and my mom was handling the the majority of the minimal stuff. You know, I had a financial guy, but then once uh, once I get arbitration and got a long term deal, 
I ain't got it. I, I don't. I don't understand this language switched. Uh, and it's no fault of, of hers or anybody's. It's just if you're not in that world and on, on a daily basis, it's just it's no. over your head, and, and it's no fault to anybody. It just is what it is. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, there are so many things that can be worked out, you know, and how to handle money and try to deal with the tax issues and all of that. I, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm on the outside looking in, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We appreciate your time, sir. I know, yeah. I, know oh. very, I know you're very busy, so we just No, this was time. fun. I'm glad we can work it out with all the technical yeah, issues we had early on. Yeah. And let's <laughs> catch up during the baseball season once the Orioles yeah. start. I love way. that. You know? What do you think? What do you think, Adam, uh, this year? What's your guess? I think that they, if, if they're in the hunt of it, they should go get Corbin Burns. That's for some reason that's been floating in my mind for the last couple of weeks. If they're in the hunt of the all-star break and the Brewers are out of it, trade some in prospects and go get Corbin Burns. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, if you're let's, if you're in contention, see. don't lay back. Don't be laughing. That's what prospects are for. <laughs> that's when well, that's great. Phone. That's yeah. when you pick up the phone and call Angelos and say, what do you need to make this happen? Exactly. <laughs> we, we really thank you so much for your time. Not at all. It was fun talking to you. Together. All righty. Thanks, sir. Great. Well, Adam, that was uh, your first chance to speak with Barry. Your impressions, yeah. uh, pretty down-to-earth guy for a big-time star, Academy Award-winning director. I mean, sure. he's probably the biggest name in my contact list besides you and John Harbaugh. He's a, he's sharp. He's he's sharp. He knows what he, he knows what is going on. Um, obviously, very active in the movies and very active in sports. Knows what's going on with the Orioles and Ravens. Most importantly, his squads and. That, that was a pleasure. I mean, I went into it. I was like, you know, I got to look him up because I'm a, obviously a different generation. We and you kept going back and forth. But, yeah, he's I've seen a lot of his work, but also, you know, he's very, very relatable, even though he's a different generation. And he's rooting for one team and one team only in terms exactly. of that, right. And it's good. He's in he's good. He's in L.A. too, because he watched all the games at four o'clock. So he doesn't that have makes to it a lot easier, it's way easier. It doesn't have to stress. You speak on that from experience. <laughs> Into the rocket ship we go as we continue here on the Adam Jones podcast and we travel beyond Baltimore. And I want to address the length of spring training, Adam, because some people feel it's too long. Spring training usually lasts about two months, uh, starting in mid-February. It's going till the end of March. Uh, It's been the same length since when you were playing, and obviously it's longer Mm -hmm. for the pitchers and the catchers. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, you know, when you hear about an injury in the preseason or exhibition season, as I call it in the NFL, and someone gets hurt, the instant reaction is, oh, we got to shorten the season right away. We got to cut out right. these meaningless games. Someone gets hurt in baseball, it's like, okay, play on. Why is there a difference? I mean, <laughs> it, it's profitable, number one. Okay. Um, but spring training's always been for the pitchers, it's always been for the arms. Uh, the arms need to get themselves in shape. They need to take a break in the offseason. Um, I know Scherzer, he uh, he says that he like he takes a little bit of time, but then he still throws, but very, very light, gingerly, just to keep his arm in, in moving. I know guys that just take their time away from it uh, to give their arm a break. But pitch, spring training has always been about the pitchers. And trust me, the last 10 days of spring training sucks. It's when you know the team is – you know what the team is minus an injury happening – and you just try to grind it through and uh, you make you try to make arrangements for the younger guys to where they're living. Uh, me, I was always making arrangements for my family to, to get back up to Maryland. So um, it, it could get very redundant, but 
it's a, it's a much needed time. Again, there's always been conversations of having 140 games when you start the season uh, like April 25th because there's just it just shows you that from you know opening day is great. The opening weekend solid. The next 10 games don't nobody give a rat's ass because it's NBA playoffs. So right. there's always been those conversations of having 140 games. And there's always that argument, but you go tell 30 billionaires I'm about to cut out eight games out of your pocket. See how that work out. Kick you yeah. out the door. Plus the players. <laughs> what, what did you need? Maybe two, three weeks to get ready? Me personally, yeah. Be, uh, but no, no, I, I needed the full time in a way. Um, I needed to get my legs under me. I made sure I didn't run a lot in the offseason, but I ran a lot during spring training. Um, I got my swings in during spring training. I got all my work. I could say that, yeah, I could push myself to be ready March 20th. But I think that it was it, I always use that extra 10 days to make sure I got all the or as much of that soreness as I got out. Because once the season starts, it's every day and it's not I don't get days off. So there were times where I'd have two at two or three at bats in the K in the game and then go on the backfield, get get more running in, get more at bats, go to the cages, get more swings just because season's coming up and I need to build up my endurance. Sure. Well, that makes sense for such a long season. Yeah. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention you were down here a week ago or two mm -hmm. with the baseball assistant team, known by many as BAT, and you guys set a spring training fundraising record of over oh, yeah, $3.8 million. That's a combination of coaches, players, and front office, and I guess the Padres yep. and White Sox led the way. Again, yeah, the White Sox are back-to-back, -back, which is amazing. That's great. Uh, that means that the, I wasn't even in Arizona. That means that the guys there understand what BAT really stands for. And really is committed to, which is helping out as a it's a band-aid, a bridge for former players, uh, front office people, PR, umpires, anybody that's in the baseball family that falls on hard times. And uh, we have a scholarship program to where a lot of people have actually signed up in the last couple of years, which is fantastic because you can't just throw money at a problem. You need to actually find a solution. And we've been trying to find solutions for former athletes. And it's been great. It's been something I've been a part of since 2011 as a player. So now that I'm a former player, it's uh, it's it's more satisfying that I can go to other clubhouses, talk to them my, it's, it, instead of just talking to the Orioles clubhouse. So and it's good to also go see other guys, go see other players, general managers, managers, guys that I played against um, and fought against. And, you know, just it's good to see them on the, you know, still competing and, and still making their dreams come true. So it's a it encompasses itself, really. Well, you should absolutely be proud because you were part of that gigantic effort. Over $15 million has been raised since the advent of BAT. So uh, way to go with that. Let's turn the page and head to Socially Speaking, where we answer a tweet or social media post. You may reach us and become eligible for an Adam Jones piece of signed memorabilia. It wouldn't be worth a lot if it's unsigned. Or a $100 mm -hmm. gift card from our friends at Miss Shirley's by following us on social media at Adam Jones Pod at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, all you need to do is rate our podcast five stars, show us proof. Hundreds have done it. Only a few win five stars. Or you can email us at theadamjonespod at gmail.com. Theadamjonespod at gmail.com. Either way, you're eligible. And this week, we received this via Twitter from at TFH721. Todd Hill writes, Great hearing Buck on the Adam Jones pod. I'll always have a soft spot for Buck. Also nice hearing Adam talk about visiting Oriole Spring Training with at Sports with Coleman. It wasn't lengthy, but at least I got a mention in there, AJ. I mean, 
I think that was just a token mention for me there. It, it, it or Todd, uh, Todd, it was good to uh, to finally mention you. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes you don't need to be mentioned. You're in, a, you're you're part of it. Sometimes you don't need to be mentioned. You know? What I mean? oh, that's fine. My ego can withstand all that. <laughs> Again, find us to qualify for our next giveaway, including that Miss Shirley's hundred dollar gift card at Adam Jones Pod on all those social media platforms at the Adam Jones Pod at gmail.com. Do want to thank our sponsors. Miss Shirley's, the legendary Miss Shirley's, give a gift they'll savor, award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch also for birthdays, anniversaries, thank yous, and holidays. A Miss Shirley's gift card says it all, voted best brunch in Baltimore Magazine's best restaurant readers poll, as well as the best pancakes in the country by the foodnetwork.com. Visit Miss Shirley's, three locations around town, Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and of course, Annapolis. Head to MissShirley's.com forward slash gifts and get your gift card. Also brought to you by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. It's BMW of Towson, easily located just off York Road and exit 26A off I-695. Very customer friendly. So is Be More Around Town. They have their opening day orange tailgate coming up, Adam, Thursday, April 6th. Last year, over 2,000 attended this all-inclusive event. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com. It's going to sell out just like it did last year. Also, the good folks at the Wyman Group. Thank you, Dennis, for your support. Also, thanks to Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can, Jack and Coke. The number one cocktail in the world is now available again in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink. Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Lynchburg, Tennessee, and by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis. Visit gleaf.com, free delivery, medical cannabis for qualified Maryland patients only, and the Baltimore Banner, still offering six months of unlimited digital access for just a buck. Head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. In addition, we want to thank our senior executive producer, Chip Franklin, for putting another episode together and us dealing with him. There is Chip right there, and uh, we, we love seeing him every once in a while, so thank you, Chip. Go out and subscribe to the Baltimore Banner. Be real, be kind, and be back here next week, AJ. I'll see you then. All right. Thank you.